Time to delve into the mind. Hello and welcome to Dishing It, the food podcast all about the Scottish food scene. So you've been on a fitness journey, you've worked hard, you've put in the hours, you've reached your fitness goal, you look the part, but what's your head saying? That's exactly what today's episode is all about. On social media, we're flooded with phrases like, eat less, move more, do this and you'll have the body of your dreams, get bigger and you'll be better. Standard grade drama really paying off there. But what about keeping your mind healthy? Amongst all the fitness talks, I think that's what the kids call them these days, that healthy mindset message gets lost in one that is arguably more important than any calorie counting or workout. And today's guest is all about keeping your thinking on the right path to help you reach your goal. Today I'm joined by Aberdeen-based fitness coach Bradley Boyd, who isn't just your ordinary fitness coach. He's been there, he's done that, and he's even got the t-shirt. And by that I mean he's had his weight struggles, been in a bad headspace and flip that all around to share his learnings, pitfalls and tools with his clients to help them live a healthier lifestyle. Mindset is at the heart of Bradley's practice and when he popped up on my TikTok a few months back I had to get him on to share more and maybe get a little bit of personal therapy for myself too. I learned so much from our brief chat and I'm really excited for you to listen to this one and if you're after more health and fitness chats on the Dishnet podcast give episode 6 with Scott Bapti and episode 23 with the Kilted Coaches a listen and while I'm telling you what to do just call me the podcast personal trainer. Give the podcast a follow wherever you're listening and hit that bell on Spotify so you'll be notified for future episodes. So well, I'll leave you to listen, stay safe, eat well and speak soon. So it's addition at first as my kitchen has been converted into a podcast studio to record my first face-to-face interview for a long time and joining me is Aberdeen-based fitness coach Bradley Boyd. Bradley, welcome to Dishing It. Thank you very much. Glad to have you here. Glad to be here. <laughs> Good. Uh, so after uh, losing weight in my teens, uh, diet and fitness has always been the recurring theme to me over my life and I'm always keen to take a deep dive into mindset and motivations around weight loss um, and you're definitely the man for that. Not just because of your day job, you're an honorary member of the ex-Fat Boys Club along with me. So I'm looking forward to taking a look at this topic from a different perspective and seeing how you deal with your clients on a day-to-day basis. Before we do that, let's kick off with telling the listener a bit about your day job and where they can find you online. Yeah, um, so uh, my day job's an online coach. Uh, I help people go through transformations that I went through, you know, five years ago. Um, people that are really struggling emotionally uh, and have like binge eating issues and they've really been struggling for the last few years to get to grips with their life and they know that they're capable of more they've got they know that they have a higher performance level in them but they've just been really struggling to get out of that Um, and I help people build structure into their lives so that they can reach their true potential that they know they have um, and we, I kind of speak about that on my Instagram page, just Bradley Boy coaching, I'll put that in there just now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and just kind of have videos explaining exactly how you can do that um, in short format. Amazing. Perfect. And uh, how did you get into coaching? How did that all come about? Um, oh, it's a bit of a long-winded story, to be honest. <laughs> um, so my whole dream throughout, throughout uh, from being a young kind of kid, about 13 years old, was to be a Royal Marine. Oh, wow. I signed up to basic training and went, went through a bit of that, um, but I had a really bad injury and actually ended up having to come out of, of the Marines because of it. So um, that was kind of the transition period of I've you know not gotten to where I wanted to be in life and I had to find a new career path. And something that has always been passionate to me is fitness. And I came out and 
became a personal trainer at 22, went through a, a brief course for about six weeks and was on the gym floor at uh, about 21, 22. And then that's when I, my kind of PT career yeah, started. In. Um, I remember being at Pure Gym in Shipro in Aberdeen okay, and yeah. started, out, um, started out there. That was like the glory day when that first came, everyone was like, my God, I've got a new gym. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, uh, it was a good learning environment, uh-huh. you know, um, 24 hours. I remember getting up at four o'clock in the morning for PT at half past four Jeez. and doing the graveyard shift, yeah. as we call it. But it was a great learning platform, and that's how I kind of got into the coaching industry. But the first few years, I was very much a personal trainer, only focusing on your training sessions. Give you a training plan to go away with, and you'll do your session in me. I didn't really have a scope that there was more to this job than okay. just the training. Ah. So what what is like the key difference between a personal trainer and a coach? Yeah, I would say a personal trainer is someone who just solely focuses on you hitting performance-based goals within the gym right and I think they have a purpose I think you know it's great having a personal trainer if training is where you're struggling with if it's you know hitting a 5k 10k half marathon marathons or you're wanting to hit you know 150 kilo squats or anything like that I think a personal trainer would be good if if your main issue in life is form I think the difference between a personal trainer and a coach is a coach coaches you through your life and it's a little bit like Olympic athletes. I mean, they have coaches that don't just give them sessions, they dive into their personal life as well. And that's right. the difference I would say. Ah, okay, I never, I, literally when you were just describing that, I was like, I never actually thought of the difference. I would, I would have probably called you a personal trainer. Yeah. But now knowing that, I'm like, it's a coach. Is that sort of the, is that the offensive term if I was calling you? would be like, uh, I'm not a personal trainer, I'm a coach. <laughs> I, I mean, it, it would have probably before, but um, I think, this is where the industry the fitness industry is um a bit masked i think a lot of people just paint everyone in the fitness industry as a personal trainer yeah but i think there's different levels to it and i think with experience as you kind of go through the years of being in this industry i think a lot more people gravitate to being a coach because they understand there's more to the fitness journey than just being in the gym yeah and i think that people understand that a coach helps them through difficult parts of their life yeah because they've won been there authentically and they know how to build strategies to overcome you know speed bumps in your fitness journey so between food inspiration and reality tv offcuts that my tiktok is pretty much rammed with gym workouts and health hacks also featuring and that's how i came across your account was through tiktok and i was like oh Aberdeen oh, Aberdeen would have said personal trainer back then but now it's the Aberdeen coach but what made you stand out to me was um, that you'd been on a weight loss journey yourself that kind of probably over the course of five years and um, you went from kind of personal trainer went away to Australia and you put on about four four and a half stone I think I uh, I'm not good with a stone <laughs> KG it, was it 30 30 kg uh, it was it? about 40 kilos 40, 40 kilos yeah. right okay and so but then you kind of came back and you changed it all around again that's a very quick whistle round tour but do you want to take us back to the start and just talk through that yeah. story for yourself yeah and um, so went traveling and I mean I was on the gym floor <clears throat> excuse me in Aberdeen for about two years and within that two years I got a lot of learning experience about the industry but me and my best friend uh, went to go traveling we were 22 young wanted mm-hmm. to go have fun see the world see the world <laughs> <laughs> so we went to Southeast Asia and did the whole Thailand Vietnam uh, all of those places and had a real great time and I had some mental things that I was probably struggling struggling with that I didn't realize at the time. And I just kind of seeked a new adventure. And that's where I was kind of getting do- my dopamine responses, was mm-hmm. seeing new places all the time. And I felt that was a feel-good factor, which it was. 
and I went to Australia. I was only supposed to go there for a year. It ended up being three. And the last year and a half was a pretty tough time. I was a bit over there on my own and I was in a pretty dark place and just kind of seeked comfort in, in food, alcohol, other, other things as well. And just kind of lost control of my life. I had no boundaries, had no self-control over what I was doing and just kind of lost my kind of purpose and, and vision of where I was going yeah. in life. Um, so things quite kind of took a bit of a dark, dark place over the, over the last kind of year, I'd say, in Australia. And I just realized I need to come home, yeah. get familiar with um, get familiar with life again and get in touch with what I actually truly enjoy doing, which was personal training. And I came home and we were kind of post-lockdown at this point. So that's when I kind of got into exercise, getting my steps, uh, getting out in fresh air and managed to lose quite a bit of weight. And I, I was like, I want to help other people go through this transformation that I'm kind of going through just now. I feel like I've got a lot of life lessons now that I can help other people, you know. And over the last two years, things have just kind of excelled really. And I feel like I've got a bigger purpose and a bigger vision for, for yeah. what's coming. So Amazing. Thanks for being so open about that. And was it... So you initially planned to go away for a year and you were there for three years. Did like lockdown play a part in that? Were you kind of stuck in Australia for a bit or was it just you just didn't want to come home? Yeah, a bit of both. To be yeah. Honest. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, <clears throat> we had lockdown in Australia. They took it pretty tough. Yeah. The last probably six months was just all pandemic. And mm-hmm. um, Australia pretty much locked everything away. We couldn't even go from state to state over there. Um, so I was in Western Australia working on the mines. So I... I was originally at two and two roster working away in the, in the desert and they changed that to about five and six weeks working away and then I'd come home for two weeks. Okay. So it was five, six weeks away in the middle of nowhere, mm-hmm. 40, 50 degree heat. It was just absolute torture, but Jeez. the money was really good. Yeah. So I'd come back to Perth and just go on a blitz and okay. McDonald's every day. Yeah. KFC. <laughs> all the stuff you couldn't get the mines. <laughs> all the stuff I couldn't have. Um, a lot of alcohol as well. And... Um, and that's all that was kind of open. So they only really opened bars outside as right. well. So that's the only enjoyment that I could uh-huh. really have. And everything was kind of isolated. And I did feel Australia's an isolating place mm-hmm. just at the best of times. You know, you're in a tif- different time zone from your family, your friends. It's hard to speak to people. So I felt isolated in that aspect of my life. But also I couldn't even socialize with the people that I kind of knew over yeah. there as well. So it was a very isolating time. I think I really just struggled mentally with that. And that's kind of ultimately what made me decide to come home. My, my nephew had just been born and I thought, I don't want to be that uncle that's at the opposite side of the world. I want yeah. to come home, see my uncle, be part of his be life. Be the favourite uncle. Be the favourite <laughs> <laughs> and be a part of his life. And so, yeah, I came home at the end of August in 2020 and just kind of, enjoyed being back mm-hmm. and, and got in touch with my family my friends and socialized again we were obviously in a bit of a weird transitional mm-hmm. period as yeah, well definitely, yeah. and um yeah so things just kind of started getting better from that yeah. point as well i don't know if it's from me being like i was always a big child so all the way through like always been even now like always very conscious of like clothes getting tighter or like whatever but when you were putting on weight was it one of those things that you knew it was happening you just kind of let it happen or was it, it this one day you were just like geez like it's here yeah that's a good question to be honest and it's probably one that i've not actually thought about um so i would say a little bit of both there was periods where you know photos were taken and 
you'd look at the photo and think, do I actually look like that? And compare yourself mm -hmm. to photos that you had on your yeah. own before. And I mean, I was in good shape before I went traveling. Mm -hmm. I, I was the leanest I'd probably ever been, had abs and things, and I'd compare myself to that. But looking back now, you know, comparison is the thief of joy. And yeah. that's kind of what killed a lot of my enjoyment over there is I would always compare myself to who I was yeah. before. Um, but I did gradually notice myself getting bigger. But it wasn't until probably the last six months in Australia, there was, you know, pictures being taken on the beach. And I don't know if you'd seen them on my Instagram, but there's a one particular photo where I use quite a lot. And I'm sitting out with a Jack Daniels can. Oh, yeah. And uh, the belly's hanging over. And I remember looking at that photo and just thinking, how have you done this to yourself? Yeah. You know, um, and there was a lot of guilt attached to that as well. And I think it was a combination of, of, multiple events that ultimately just led to that decision in my head being mm -hmm. like I need to change and I had a big identity change along with that that I started to identify as someone who actually works out and trains and looks after himself mm -hmm. again as opposed to goes out and drinks beers and yeah smokes and <laughs> yeah because I had the questions written down like what was like the turning point for change but I guess it is that like when you know yourself you're like, like if you're comparing pictures and you're like, oh, okay, now's, now's the time to do it. But it takes a lot, some people a lot, like a harder rock bottom to yeah, come back from that sometimes. Totally, totally. I think change happens just when you ultimately realise that the life that you're living at present mm -hmm. is not going to get any better. Yeah. And it's almost like you said, that rock bottom moment where you're like, things are not getting any better, mm -hmm. I need to do something. Mm -hmm. And the people that I see that get the best results, they're the ones that have been at that point and they realize that stuff needs to change. Yeah. So you decided that you needed to make a change and um, it's obviously got to start somewhere. What was that like first workout like, going back to the gym, knowing that like you'd been a personal trainer, come abroad and then kind of went backwards, like what well, that must have been a bit of a surreal sort of experience. It was devastating. I remember I actually spoke about this on my socials quite a bit ago. And the first workout was horrendous. I, I was still working away on the mines at the time. Right. And I signed up for a beginner's workout class, yeah. which to me at that point was already demoralizing because I never associated myself as a beginner. Yeah. But I knew that I hadn't trained in like r religiously yeah. in a good few years. Um, I, rocked, <laughs> I rocked up to this class and it was a, a hit style class and I actually walked out after about 15 minutes. I was absolutely oh, really? Yeah. I couldn't do the exercises. I couldn't get my breathing sorted. I was completely white and it was a 45 minute class. I lasted about 15 minutes. It was just after the warm up and I knew at that point I needed to make a change, but I still wasn't in the mindset at that point to actually excel with the change and make this structure make this routine part of my structure mm -hmm. and it, it that was the defining moment where i knew things needed to change but i needed to come up with a plan of how i'm going to do right. this and yeah that first workout was horrendous yeah i can imagine <laughs> 15 minutes compared to someone who used to train six to eight, five six days a yeah. week for an hour i think like yeah you've almost got like two different perspectives on it because it's not like you're just someone who's not ever done gym before and then it's you're doing it oh god this is hard but it's i guess you compare and to be like oh when i was before i came here i could have done this like with my eyes closed and not been out of puff or whatever so it must be quite like you've got two things to deal with like two sides totally like two different people totally it was always com like combating that person that i was before yeah 
Um, and like I said, the comparison is a thief of joy. And I would always compare to who I was before. And yeah. I needed to just make that, have that conversation with myself ultimately and say, you're no longer that person. Mm-hmm. So let's start making targets that, of the person that you are now yeah. and set realistic goals of what you can achieve from the point, the starting point that you have right now, as yeah. opposed to saying, well, I could have done this workout before yeah. and beating myself up about it. I just need to say, look, I am in the position I am in now. So let's say, let's lose the first kilogram uh-huh. and let's do 16 minutes of the workout instead of 15 minutes, you know, improve, yeah. make small improvements throughout the journey as opposed to setting this big unrealistic goal of the mm-hmm. person that I used to be, which yeah. I, I was always doing probably yeah. before. That's like such a good bit of insight because I, I would probably do that, would compare to something. And then it's, as you say, it's a, you're setting yourself up for fail because you'd be as well as changing the process and then making it a bit more straightforward rather than making it harder or beating yourself up about it. Totally. Definitely. So um, that's nearly three years on and you're coaching others now on um, how to reach their fitness goals, but it's all motivated by positive mindset. And um, I guess from the shoes of someone who you've been in a similar position and um, some of your clients, do you think that makes your service a bit more like credible and people trust you a little bit more with leaving their lives in your hands? Yeah, I, I, I would like to think so. Um, a lot of the conversations that I have with my clients you know I can relate massively to it and a lot of the things that they're they're telling me on, on a daily basis I, I can understand it because I've been there mm-hmm. and the, the thing that I always kind of say to my clients and, and it's something that I, I preach to myself and I think everyone should be is that the biggest transformations start with how you're speaking to yourself mentally and I think that's probably where a lot of us go wrong is we just have such a poor relationship with ourselves mm-hmm and we're speaking negatively to ourselves on a daily basis and we're expecting positive results from that and i actually used this analogy this morning is kind of treating your mindset like your own little boardroom so you're the ceo of your life Mm -hmm. and you've got all this different departments so you've got you know the gym and fitness you've got your relationships with your friends and you want to have little boardrooms for each section Mm -hmm. So your health and fitness should have like a boardroom of people that are credible in that area. And you want to essentially speak to yourself in a positive way, like it was an employee. Because if you were to speak negatively to an employee, you wouldn't get a positive result. Mm -hmm. And if you could just speak to yourself more positively, I can guarantee the chain effect from that would be a positive outcome. Such a good way to look at it. God, this is a good interview. <laughs> We're getting a lot out of this. I guess it's just, it's changing the way you think about things, isn't yeah. it? Like like you're saying, like a, a boss speaking to an employee negatively is going to cause that employee to be negative. But if you're speaking a positive way, yeah, positive. And that's it. It seems so simple and easy. And and I think this fitness, the fitness journey, your own fitness journey, it is an easy process but it's also hard at the same time yeah. you know a lot of this stuff it's simple but mm-hmm. it's hard hard to put into practice yeah 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 but the actual mechanisms and the actual science behind it mm-hmm. all is really easy mm-hmm. but it's having someone that's in your corner that's supporting you 100 yeah. percent of the way that's going to make this an easy transition for you yeah. or easier than what it could yeah be. you've kind of answered it uh, with your other questions but a question i had written down was from being like a personal trainer before you went to australia and then coming back where you're coaching now obviously your kind of take on everything completely changed for how you're approaching stuff for your clients. What would be like the, the biggest change in your kind of offering, which is probably quite a big question, but is there something that stands out? You're like, oh, I, would, I would have totally done that when I was a personal trainer. I would never do that now. 
Yeah. I mean, that's, that's another great question. I mean, I think as a personal trainer, I never really dove into the mindset aspect mm-hmm. of things. And I, I think looking back, I was your typical bro personal trainer. You know, I'd have you on a bro split, you know, training four or five days a week. What's a bro uh, split? Do you not know what a bro split is? <laughs> no. <laughs> you like say, I was like, bro split. Googles it quickly. Back <laughs> um, a bro split's like your arms, shoulders, chest, right. um, like Monday, chest day, uh, right, okay. Wednesday's back day. Like, and don't get me wrong, there's a, there's a training style for that uh-huh. for a certain type of person, but um, you know, Sandra that has three kids that can only manage two sessions mm-hmm. or three sessions a week isn't suited for your bro split. Right. I should maybe word that a little bit differently. <laughs> um, but the, the training style, you know, I would automatically assume probably before and question, well, why can you not manage this? Like, this is the type of training I do. Um, as opposed to now, I'm a lot more compassionate to the, the people that I work with. And again, coming from that place of authenticity, I understand that people can't train five, six days a week. So, and we don't need to train mm-hmm. five, six days a week as well. And um, so I think just the, the difference probably from now as a coach as to who I was probably before I went traveling is just the compassion that I probably mm-hmm. have for my clients, understanding that they have busy lives, that they have careers and kids and mm-hmm. families and things to do. So we're a lot more catering for those parts of their yeah. life and setting better objectives i think we we dive more into their personal life um as opposed to what i did before i would just say you've got to go to the gym five six yeah, days yeah. a week um and that's it i'll, see, you I'll, see, yeah. you, I'll see you next week um as we're now i'm kind of speaking to both my clients yeah. on, a, on a daily basis i always remember like from like i used to go to shit throw pure gym like ye- like when i was still with back in huntley like i would like get in the training go but um something that always gave me like the heebie-jeebies was like a personal trainer like shouting at their person and I'd be like why are you paying like I get there's a, maybe a place for like a bit of like you know like blah, blah, blah. but like you get some people who are just a bit art, like arseholes yeah. but I was like why are you paying that person to shout at you <laughs> they're not being very nice or motivating but compassion yeah. plays like a huge because I, I think from being where I was I probably don't respond well to being shouted at yeah or stuff like this brings back stuff from being at PE at school but it's like I probably would benefit better from a more compassionate, someone who understands, but like, oh, yeah, I would have done that too, but this is, believe them more as well. Because yeah. I'd, like, I'd be like the person shouting me, like, you don't understand what it's like to be me, <laughs> like, type thing. <laughs> totally understand. And this is probably where my approach is a lot different, is, you know, I, I've seen it in the past where trainers shout at their mm-hmm. clients and give them abuse on not meeting targets. But I just think that's a little bit counterintuitive at the mm-hmm. same time. Um, yes, people miss workouts and yes, people don't adhere to the program, but I would be asking yourself on a deeper level, like, why are we not adhering to the program? What is it that's going on in your life that you are struggling? Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you're missing your calories, if you're not adhering to the nutrition side of things, like, why is that? What is it that you find difficult? Because we can give you tools and Mm -hmm. knowledge and support to help you with that. Um, But usually when you start to have that little check-in process with yourself, and really ask yourself like why am i maybe struggling with this part of my life then you can actually unlock the answer and having that kind of conversation with yourself will unlock a totally new kind of outlook on how you can deal with problems and kind of going back to that employee analogy you know shouting at someone is not going to get them the best results Mm -hmm. and people feel like that's what they need but in actual fact it's not it's compassion and that year to, to listen to your problems that can maybe provide solutions as well. 
always be nice people. Yeah. <laughs> it costs nothing to be nice. When I kind of was going, I started going back to the gym at the start of this year. And what my thing I've always had, I've always had a bit of gym fear of going in and I feel like everyone's watching. So it makes you not want to go. What would you say to one of your clients if they're experiencing something similar that mm-hmm. they're kind of getting put off by going to the gym because they just don't like that yeah. environment? I mean, gym anxiety, I think everyone has. Even if I go to a new gym, either locally or if I'm training in a new city or something, I have that feeling of anxiety going oh, into really? the gym. Okay. Yeah, I think it's something that we all all struggle with. But I think sometimes we just need to say to ourselves that we are not the main character in other people's lives. Mm-hmm. And I think we can often think that other people are looking at us and yeah. that we play such an importance in other people's lives. But yeah. we're, we're, I don't feel that we're not, uh, that we are. You know, no one actually cares what you're doing. Yeah. And if someone is in the gym looking at you in a way that you shouldn't be doing an exercise, I think that speaks more about them than mm-hmm. what it does for yourself. Yeah. I would just ignore it. And most FPTs, I would like to think, if they did see someone doing the wrong exercise or doing something that wasn't actually efficient, I would like to think that, you know, someone would (laughs) step in and say, look, like, in a more positive way, say, you know, this is probably the best way to get this this exercise done. Yeah, it's great. This is like a therapy session. (laughs) I'm getting through all my questions. And this might be something that you've experienced as well. Um, But I think a lot of people don't speak about, like, the mental baggage you have after you lose weight mm-hmm. and something I've had like it was well it was years ago now but like over analyzing food was my thing and like basically the fear of putting weight back on or fear of being called out for putting on weight and now that I've gotten older like I've realized now that actually no one cares like like what you're saying you're not the center of focus and if people do care it says more about them than you and when I, when I like first lost weight it was all about like being like 10 stone like just being 10 stone and just maintaining that or fitting into a size small because I'd never been able to do that before. Mm-hmm. And then now that I've gotten older, I've been like, well, it doesn't actually matter. Like it's about, not about the number or the label, it's about how you feel. If you're healthy, then it doesn't matter. What's your take on that? Like, what would be your advice to someone who is having a similar feeling? Yeah, I mean... Or how do you how do you manage that yourself? That's something that you yeah, deal um, with. I, I did deal with it before, and I, I would often kind of let yourself go for like goal baits and mm-hmm. things and say, you know, I need to lose four kilos mm-hmm. this month. But I feel that to be like one of the worst practices to go by. Yeah. And having like the goal weight is mm-hmm. not a way that you should be going through your fitness journey because getting to that weight, I know when I had 100 kilos was my goal weight mm-hmm. at one point. And it was such an anticlimactic feeling of getting <laughs> yeah. to 100 kilos. Like I was expecting confetti. I was I literally <laughs> went stepping on that scale expecting like, balloons to go off like band comes out <laughs> and i remember i stood on the scales and i was like oh my god is that it uh like what do i do now okay, like what's next what's next yeah. um so something that we incorporate inside my program that i think is maybe a little bit different to other people is i think chasing performance-based goals is something that you should really focus on mm-hmm. instead of going for dress sizes weights or you know the the next buckle on your on your belt mm-hmm. And although they are great things and they should be celebrated mm-hmm. when you when you get there, I think chasing a performance based goal, having something that really has meaning to to why you want to yeah. make this change. So some of my clients have signed up for 10Ks this this year. So we've got uh, one of our clients doing a, the Edinburgh 10K and, and I feel that helps people change their mindset because they start to identify as a person who does a 10K. Mm-hmm. They start to identify as this person that goes running and trains three times a week as opposed to if you solely focus on the scales and solely focus on 
like that part of your life, you're going to continually be upset because the scale will fluctuate up and down. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's the thing. Like when I was younger, obviously, um, I think there was Bebo. Bebo and Bebo. maybe Facebook <laughs> came in, I think. But there wasn't all this like miss, like there's so much information. This is how we kind of started speaking because I messaged you about, I can't remember what followed first, either podcast or protein. I can't remember. I, I think it was maybe protein. Yeah. I can't remember. <laughs> but I messaged asking like, what it like how much protein should i be having you kind of came back and was like well what's your like what what are you wanting to achieve and i was like oh well i quite like to get like fill out my arms a bit more bigger arms whatever and you're like yeah but what's performance like what's performance goal that you're wanting and i was like um this is what i'm doing wrong (laughs) type thing and it's like when i was younger there was no social media to look at but then it was like number like Mm -hmm. just what would be 10 stone like that's all i want and then you get to 10 stone you're like Okay. Yeah. Uh, what can I do now? <laughs> totally. I, I would definitely say like um, when people are solely focused on the scales, something that I always question them with is we're maybe going a bit morbid here, so apologies. But <laughs> when you die, they're not going to write your weight on your grave mm-hmm. gravestone. You know, they're going to write they were loving, compassionate yeah. person. Your weight is irrelevant and you having such a focus on it is going to give you no satisfaction when you mm-hmm. get there. So if we just stop focusing on the weight and start focusing on you becoming a runner, mm-hmm. becoming uh, you know stronger in the gym and start focusing on these other aspects of your life, you'll start to make behavioral changes on a day-to-day basis because you associate as that person that is now going to squat 150 mm-hmm. kilos or 100 kilos or 60 kilos or whatever. And you're going to identify as the person that's a runner that does 5Ks, 10Ks. So you're going to start behaving in that Mm -hmm. way. And you'll soon notice that all of the things that you're doing on a day-to-day basis will align with that person and the weight will come off. Yeah. Because, and you won't even have to think about it. The decisions that you make, you'll stop going for chocolate. You'll stop going for ice cream or you'll know that you only have it maybe once a week as Mm -hmm. opposed to every day. Yeah. Because you start, the identity shift as the person that you are now will change to the person that you want to be. Yeah. It's a very profound podcast. I'm doing like this. <laughs> We're all like this sometimes. What are like the kind of three key things everyone should have before starting like a fitness journey? Like, what would you say is like the three core things that you would recommend? Yeah, um, I would say before starting your fitness journey to start speaking to yourself more positively. Mm-hmm. I think that can make such a difference in someone's mindset. I think just by even writing things down about what you want to achieve, so getting clear on the goals as well of what you actually want to do, and getting clear on your why, understanding yeah. like why is this change important to you, and making a plan. I think that is something that's underestimated in a lot of people. I think people walk into the gym and just expect to, you know, do certain exercises and change. But if you actually map out a plan and say. I'm going to make sure that I'm going to train three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I'm going to commit to doing X amount of classes. And when you have things written down, you're far more likely to commit to them. Mm -hmm. So having a plan, speaking more positively to yourself, that could be through journaling or affirmations or just every time you catch yourself saying negative thoughts, Mm -hmm. just try to catch it and say, look, I understand what I'm doing. This is serving me no purpose. And, and yeah, I'd say those are the three things to really focus on. Good. It's um, the positive chats thing, because I heard something the other day, I think it might have been on a podcast, and it was, someone said, like, we'll speak negatively, and you're, like, it's inevitable you're going to, but when you're speaking negative about yourself, it's adding a but to the end of it, so it's like, oh, I absolutely 
hate that my quip isn't standing up today. And then, but I can buy hair gel. Like it's like stuff like that, but totally. it's like it's just changing the changing the way. Yeah, changing probably not the, the best thing about the hair, but you know, <laughs> all relevant. Yeah, totally. I think changing the perspective on a lot yeah. of things as well is is a massive one, and something that I kind of do as well when I do catch myself speaking negatively about myself. And um, I mean, I still do it to this day. Mm-hmm. It doesn't that those things don't go away, and I think it's important to say that as yeah. well. You know, you're not going to automatically one day and never speak negatively yeah. about yourself, but understanding that when you do. Maybe you write something down like the way that I would speak to myself, oh, I, I look a bit fat today, or I look fat today. Mm-hmm. I would say something like that to myself. And just write down below that how you would speak to your friend if they said that to you. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. just score out their name yeah. and just put yourself. Yeah. And treat yourself like your own best friend. Well, only can be a bit kinder. Yeah. Definitely. Um, and what's a common mistake or mistakes that you think people make? like when going into a fitness gym you maybe probably covered it already um but there must be something that you're all like every time you have a client you're like oh my god why is everyone keep on doing this <laughs> um i would say solely focusing on weight yeah i mean the goal pretty much that most people within the fitness industry is to lose weight mm-hmm. and don't get me wrong that is part i wouldn't have a job if you yeah. know we didn't say that you, you got those results but I think solely focusing on that as being the only unit of success mm-hmm. on your fitness journey is probably the thing that most people are going wrong. Yeah. As where if you start focusing on other elements, even like not even focusing on performance-based goals, even if you f- start focusing on doing, uh, be, having better habits, mm-hmm. you know, saying, okay, I'm going to start focusing on getting step counts. I'm going to mm-hmm. start focusing on drinking more water and having healthier habits. I think that would be another focus instead of solely saying I'm going to get to 84 kilos yeah. and you know having that as my main unit yeah. of success. It's just setting yourself up for failure because if you do put on weight which can just be muscle or yeah. water weight or whatever then you're looking at being like oh, I put on weight and then you end up negative self-talk and because I remember when I think I grew up like I was probably in my 20s at this point but then I went back to the gym and like, I think I went on a scale and it was like 11 or 11 and a half. And I remember, I think it was my old flatmate and I was like beating myself up. I was like, I can't believe I'm 11 and a half. Like, this is the, like horrendous. And he was like, like, look at your calf muscles and you run a 10K. Like you're by far, like, it's not like you're morbidly obese or anything. Like, why are you being such a div? And I was like, ah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, right, I get it now. Totally. But I think it's about being, I think it's, uh, there's a big part of it being open and if you are feeling like crap or something, they say, and then you get that person to bounce back and be like, well, no, like look at the other side of it. Yeah. Positive. And it's something we actually get the, our, our, our team inside the Fitterfly to do is, is write down wins for the week. And I think that's a great, great thing to do on a weekly basis is highlight like, what have you succeeded at? You know, have you turned down chocolate mm-hmm. at night? Have you, uh, you know, hit your performance goals in the gym for the week and highlighting your wins because we can get so caught up in the negative of the week and that one thing that you did that you that you did negatively that week will overpower your mind as opposed to the 10 wins that Mm -hmm. you had that week you know did you only press snooze on your alarm five times instead of 10 Mm -hmm. those those are god i wish i could do that (laughs) i'm still still trying to get that (laughs) (laughs) um but like focusing more on your wins because we have wins every single day like that we just don't even consider wins yeah but everyone remembers the one negative thing you did that day yeah 100 yeah well i think that is my year's worth of therapy 
done, I think. So let's move on to um, some health hacks. So what's a, a diet hack that you swear by? What really kind of helps you? Yeah, I'd say volume eating is something that, that I enjoy doing. And, and volume eating, for people that maybe don't know about it, is having lower calorie foods, but in higher volume. Okay. And I think that's a great tool to use. And intermittent, I, I explained this, I had a event at the on, on Tuesday or Wednesday, I think it was, we had date night. And I, I did a little bit of intermittent fasting as well. So in the morning, just, you know, skipped breakfast, had my, my first meal at one o'clock. And that allowed me calories to use later on at okay. night. So I could still go and have social occasions, still go out and have date night with, mm -hmm. with my girlfriend. Um, but I can still adhere to my 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 diet. Yeah. I don't like saying diet, but I can adhere to my nutritional plan. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it, it's that I think it's that thing when you when people speak about going on a diet and they're like, right, I can't eat anything. Mm -hmm. I think it was when I was uh, interviewing Scott Bat that he said we need to get rid of this um, cheat day, like mm -hmm. cheat day and cheat food. Like just needs to go. Like yeah. it isn't that. It's you you've had a Mars bar. Yeah. So what? You just get back on the plan again. Like it's not totally. I think the whole cheating mentality is like putting a negative connotation yeah. on what you're doing. Like you cheat on sport, you cheat on your partner, you and those are negative mm -hmm. things as opposed to if you look at I'm gonna have a higher calorie meal today mm -hmm. and have a much more positive spin on things, you're you're going to just set your again, going back to that positive conversations, yeah. you know. Um, I, I would try to stay away. The same with like good or bad foods as well. There's no good or bad food. You know, there's food that's mm -hmm. nutritious for us. Yeah. There's higher calorie and lower calorie. And um, a lot of my clients come in on a Monday and say, you know, I was bad at the weekend. And I was like, how many people did you shoot? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Please just tell me. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's having, removing that good or bad, that negative, yeah. negative connotations. And shaming people for it as well. Because it's not going to, as I said, good... Um, good boss, good employee, bad boss, like totally. you're not going to get anything from it. Yeah. With uh, any clients that are looking to, or people who are listening who want to reduce calorie intake, would you suggest what you do? Is it a good method of doing that? Or is there other kind of I would method? When it comes to reducing calories, it's not the first thing that I would look mm -hmm. at. And, you know, there's the, the way I like to explain this is we have a toolbox and we want to put as many tools into that toolbox and, and utilize this into your diet so intermittent fasting is like one tool that we can put right. into that toolbox and i mean all of these diets work but are they sustainable probably not you know you've got all these slimming world diets the cambridge diet all of these things like restrictive diets i mean they're tools you can use but what you want to essentially like with your diet we all want to have something that's sustainable we want something yeah. that you can implement for the rest of your life and if it's restrictive, it's probably not serving your purpose. I mean, there is a place and time for people doing, you know, um, bodybuilding shows. Mm -hmm. Of course, they're going to need restricted yeah, yeah. diets. But for normal general public, you know, you can have a calorie deficit and adhere to that. I wouldn't be dropping calories as the starting point. Mm -hmm. I'd be looking to get your step counts up to 10, 12,000 per day and using that as, as, a, as a measurement because most people just need to move more. Mm -hmm. Most people are doing five, 6,000 steps per day. Yeah. And just by increasing that by 5,000, go out for a nice walk for an hour, listen to this podcast. Good plug, <laughs> thank you. You know, <laughs> um, you know, that would make such a difference. Yeah. And if you're struggling to lose weight after incorporating 10, 12,000 steps per day, then maybe look at yeah. looking at your diet and maybe reducing it by 100 to 300 calories but yeah. i wouldn't always say to, and it's not something i do with my clients either if they're hitting a bit of a plateau 
usually the first thing that we do is look at your step count mm -hmm. and then see can we expend more energy can we maybe incorporate another gym session mm -hmm. or add another yoga session or something like yeah. that into your into your routine if time is a constraint then maybe okay we'll reduce your calories by yeah. 100 to 200 but it's not the first protocol that we would have i think that's it's interesting because i guess when you explain it there it i guess it's because people don't speak about it people just assume i need to lose weight i need to drop calories i need to stop eating food is yeah. pretty much we will go to and i don't know if that do you think that's something that's impacted from like television like from like all these like you know 60 minute makeover or yeah it's you know, a, <laughs> a home decorating <laughs> program like what's well, 10 years younger or whatever yeah. but it's always like straight to stop eating like yeah. have this like green juice for like 10 weeks or whatever like i think media's got a lot to answer for that 100 i think we're in such a different 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 the word we're in such a unique period within the whole fitness industry because i think people have caught on from the last 20 years mm -hmm. of torture that, that people yeah. went through in the media. I mean, a lot of, I'm going to say females here, went through a pretty tough time from the 90s into the early 2000s where everything was stick thin. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people got used to eating disorders mm -hmm. from the media yeah. because that's how they portrayed as healthy when yeah. it wasn't. It's really not healthy. Mm -hmm. And I think the media does have such a big part to play in that. Um, so I think, you know, the whole diet culture, I think, needs a revamp i think people need to catch on that there's more to this whole journey than just eat less calories and move more yeah and kind of what we've been speaking about there's a lot more to do with your mindset mm -hmm. in this journey and understanding your thoughts and emotions and what is actually playing a factor in you actually gaining weight in the first mm -hmm. place and addressing that and being that the main protocol that you go to first is understanding why am i gaining weight yeah. what am i doing is it because i'm eating more chocolate at night well, why am I eating more chocolate at night? Is it because I'm unhappy with work or mm -hmm. partners or what's causing me to eat more? Yeah. Look, taking a deeper dive into yeah, everything. Totally. Katie Hopkins, if you're listening, it's not all just about, you know, not eating. <laughs> Can't stand Katie Hopkins. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lot of, as I said before, there's a lot of like misinformation out there, dieting myths, fitness myths. What is a diet or fitness myth that you would like to smash straight into the ground? <laughs> And get rid of it forever. <laughs> um, oh, that's a tricky one, actually. There's a probably few. so many. You can yeah. say more than one. Say more than one. Um, I mean, probably the the whole eat less, move more mm -hmm. is something that I've again recently really kind of been diving. I've been guilty in the past of actually saying, you know, oh, it's all about you know eating less and moving more, but it's really not. There's a lot more to this whole fitness journey and weight loss journey than just eating less calories and moving a little bit yeah. more. Um, and understanding your mindset a lot more and um, myths no no carbs after eight o'clock or six mm -hmm. o'clock i'd say that's another one that um is is pretty pretty annoying <laughs> um carbs are bad that's another another mm -hmm. one carbs are very very good for us um i've got a whole long list in my head right now. <laughs> well, i'm gonna ask a few as well so they, these might come into it yeah so one is you need to cut cut out carbs to lose weight yeah sure no. and um, well, i'm not made sure possible yeah, to phrase it but um so talk we'll talk about the science behind it all and um, carbohydrates i'm not going to go too scientific oh no go, but, go scientific uh, people like the diet the diet like <laughs> sciencey bits and um, so carbohydrate actually attaches itself to water molecules so the keto the keto diet for example a lot of people see huge results within the first couple of weeks and, and what's happening there is your body's just getting rid of, of, of water because there's no carbs 
to absorb. To, to absorb. Okay. So you're losing a lot of water weight from that point. So carbohydrates, will you lose weight on carbohydrates? Yes. What will happen is when you reintroduce carbohydrates, you're going to just reintroduce water. So you're going to then gain a lot of weight, which yeah. a lot of people do. Carbohydrate restriction is common when people are building up for fights. So when they're trying to make weight and they're trying to lose a lot of water in their body, that's the method that they use. Right. Um, is restricting carbohydrates a few days before weigh-ins, get rid of the water, do saunas, all that kind of stuff as well. And then they rehydrate and get ready for their fight the next right. day. Um, so I would always say have carbohydrates if you're just in general population, you're mm -hmm. not trying to make weight for a fight or anything like that. Um, have carbohydrates, have, carbs. have pizza, have ice cream, Great. have all of these things <laughs> all in moderation. Things. All in moderation. <laughs> Love the science of food. And another one I heard was that if you're trying to build muscle, you shouldn't do cardio and weight on the same day because it counteracts progress. I couldn't really get my head around that, but I was like, it was a PT that was saying it as well. And I was like, really? Yeah, no. Um, I don't believe that to be true. Um, I thought it was a bit hard not to do that. Yeah. Um, no, I don't believe that to be true. So to gain muscle, you, you need to eat correctly for mm -hmm. it. So you need to have high protein diet. And to maximize muscle growth, you need to really be eating enough calories as well. The, the one of the myths that is um, within the fitness industry is you can't lose weight and gain muscle at the same time, okay. which is actually true. Gaining muscle is to do with your stimulus and training as well. So how you are training, so in weights, uh, making sure that you're doing resistance training, adding progressive overload into your workouts, all of those things help you gain muscle. But ultimately you want to fuel your body so that things like protein synthesis and all that kind of stuff can happen, mm -hmm. which protein synthesis is the rebuilding of muscle. So like all of those things, um, but you can still do cardio yeah. and quite often um, I will do my weight session, finish off on the treadmill, maybe do like 10 minute walking, still do cardio. Yeah. yeah. Great. Music to my ears. And last one was uh, protein powders are your answer to muscle gain. I'd say that's false as mm -hmm. well. Um, you really want to be looking to incorporate as much protein naturally into your diet as possible. I always say to my clients, protein powders are good as a supplementation. Mm -hmm. So if you are, you know, at eight o'clock at night watching Coronation Street and your protein is super low for mm -hmm. the day, like six days, seven to 80, and you're like, oh, Brad has really been getting on to me about getting my protein mm -hmm. up have a protein shake that's fine mm -hmm. you don't need to go cook a chicken breast yeah. in the air fryer at eight o'clock at night also protein shakes are a lot more socially acceptable in like office environments mm -hmm. you know no one wants to be that person at three o'clock going about with a chicken breast yeah. in their tupperware <laughs> box so protein shakes are good for a supplementation mm -hmm. but you, they're not the foundation of gaining muscle they should be like depended on they shouldn't be dependent yeah. on yet okay. truly but i mean some people again in the bodybuilding community and that you know their protein requirements are up at 200 mm -hmm. 300 grams right. you know much bigger bigger uh musclier physiques so they require more protein mm -hmm. so i can see why people would incorporate mm -hmm. on it on a, on a daily basis but again for the general population i would say it's more used as a supplement into your diet as yeah. opposed to relying on that being the yeah. foundation of getting more protein in okay right so health chat put to the side 
Uh, we're stepping into a bit of indulgence with the food safari, but it's all, all in good balance. <laughs> so the rules um, are simple. Um, Scottish locations, calories don't exist, and you don't get full, which is a dream. So you've decided to go breakfast, lunch and dinner across yeah. Scotland. So where are you taking us and what are you ordering? So the breakfast is, is a bit of a tough one and I, I, I've really been thinking about it. I've got a little bit of a story and a context behind both. But, Great. Um, we, me and my girlfriend, when we, when we started kind of dating, we uh, do a little thing called the, the weekly debrief. Mm-hmm. And it's a little bit like uh, we just chat about things that, you know, that we've enjoyed doing this mm-hmm. week, uh, things that maybe, you know, if she'll get onto me and say that she didn't like that I didn't do the dishes mm-hmm. or something, you know, just your it common... all comes out. <laughs> it all comes out. Uh, just your common things that are going on in a relationship. And it's just a little check-in kind of basis yeah. just to see how things are going and make sure that everyone's, you know, happy and you're you're highlighting things that, you know, um, you ultimately are doing well. Mm-hmm. And I, I quite, we both quite like it. So we go to the Sea Tree Cafe Oh, great. Um, which yeah. is amazing so we go there have a coffee have a pancakes and just have a little chat there so that's for my breakfast but i will be saying that um marshall's out in mm-hmm. Kintour, yeah that was for me this best scottish breakfast yeah. that you'll ever have i've still it's, never been out. it's on my list to go and i've still never been it is unbelievable so a i was... smile on bradley's <laughs> face just now it's quite something <laughs> so i'm um, just thinking about that breakfast is unbelievable what so was I, all on the plate um, it's black pudding, uh, beans, scrambled eggs, toast, and haggis, sausages, bacon. You just know it's the best meat. Like it'll yeah, just be the it's best meat going. So fresh, and I love like I'm a scra- I don't like any other eggs apart mm-hmm. from scrambled eggs, okay. and they're just so fluffy, cooked to perfection. And um, so I'm in a I'm in a balance between one of those two. Okay. Just, just for local. Have them both. Yeah. Have Go them there both. for a starter, and then calories don't count. Yeah, calories <laughs> don't count. You don't get full, and you don't have to deal with like travel time, so that you can just go straight away. Yeah. Uh, so Sea Tree Cafe. Yeah. Abbey Beach. Yeah. The Corner Tree Cafe. Um, it's just next to Carden Place. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Oh, nice. Oh, Corner Tree Cafe. Corner Tree Cafe. Ah, okay. So, yeah. When well, you said Sea Tree, I was like, <laughs> I think he might. Um, there's another one, Birch. Birch Tree Cafe or something. I think he means that. <laughs> Corner Tree Cafe. Yeah, they're great for their pancakes yeah, and stuff. Yeah, amazing. They're really good. The Biscoff ones. Oh, yeah. Always <laughs> Biscoff. And uh, so where are you going for your lunch? So Glasgow, um, I believe it's Bucks Bar. Um, the burger there for lunch. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we went there for Palo Natini and it was hands down amazing. It's like an American kind of style. The cocktails were really good. Uh, it was like a sour sweet cocktail that we had, super nice. And the you get two chicken crispy burgers, and then nice. the chips are just a, a big basket full of chips in your plate as well. Um, I believe it's Bucks Bar. I hope, I hope. <laughs> you'll, be, you'll be checking all these people over. I got them all wrong. <laughs> Said them all wrong. Um, and what about your um, dessert? Dessert. Is it dinner? Dinner. 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 There dinner. we go. Dinner. Yeah. I was thinking. I was like, I've forgotten the format. I've not done an interview in so long. Uh, dinner. I would be going to Fandesa. I'm not sure how you pronounce oh. that actually in Edinburgh. Um, Fandesa, but my girlfriend has corrected me saying it's Fazenda. Faz- um, it's an ivory it. steak. Uh, they come out. It's. Do you remember Hey Brazil in uh-huh. Green? Yeah. Ah, so similar to that. Same concept that okay. they come out with the cuts of steak, and nice. it's all you can eat, pretty much meat. Um, and you get unlimited sides as well. And so we went there about five months ago, five or six months ago, we were in Edinburgh for the weekend and, and, we, and we booked there and we just fell in love with the place. We, you know, we had unlimited meat and walked out of there stuffed. 
was like, this is this is a great, great place. And we're both doing the Edinburgh Half Marathon in May. Oh, nice. And that was the first thing that we booked, regardless yeah. of the hotel. <laughs> You're like, this is going to be waiting for us at the end. <laughs> this is the end. So, <laughs> you know, that's what we're looking forward to. So, uh, Fazenda, Fandeza, however you pronounce yeah. it. <laughs> that one. <laughs> that one. <laughs> the all-you-can-eat steak, that's where we're going. And um, so that's what I would have for dinner. Nice. Is that your first half marathon? Have you done one yeah, before? Yeah, first yeah. half marathon. So um, excited. You'll nervous, be fine. Yeah. Nervous, but excited. Yeah, I, I haven't done a half. I I say every year that I'm going to do a marathon, and I never. I something always happens, and I just never do it. I was supposed to do Loch Ness last year, and then work stuff got busy, and it was. I was like, you know what? I'm just not going to do it this year. It's no point. And then this year, I like, I have to. Because I keep on saying it to people. <laughs> people keep on asking, and I'm like. I should maybe do it this year, but no. Edinburgh half is supposed to be a good one. I've done Giri. Yeah, Giri's good. Yeah, hilly, um, quite hilly. Quite hilly, yeah. but it's a good feeling when you get to the end of it. Yeah, you get to take it on the hills. Yeah. So yeah, oh, well, I wish you best of luck with <laughs> Thank that. You. And um, I know you're an ice cream fan. Yeah. So where? What's like a go-to ice cream place for you? And what sort of order do you normally? Yeah. Um. I mean, for dessert, I would go Port Soy. Um. The ice cream up there is unbelievable. Um, but I am also a Ben and Jerry's man. Yeah. Um, through and through. Yeah. Through and through. <laughs> I love a Ben and Jerry's. Um, but no, I would go with Port Soy. Their ice creams and their little bubble waffles are unbelievable. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good stop. Uh, Port Soy is a very good stop. Great. Perfect. So good food tour. Yeah. Good. Um, well done. That's 10 out of 10. Final question is uh, so the food safari, no terrible service or lukewarm soup is anywhere to be seen but in the real world there must be some pet food peeves that you have what mm-hmm. annoys you when it comes to food and you can say more than one many <laughs> people have more than one so i've actually got a bit of a thing about like eating food okay so the, the noise of it oh God, so yeah. that's my pet peeve I, I uh i i don't really have any speaking with your mouthful and things that would be my but that the 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 noise sometimes it's a minute you, it's a minute you pick it out and yeah. they can hear someone doing it and it's all you can <laughs> So that's probably my biggest one, but apart from that, I think I'm pretty pretty chilled. So yeah. as long as people just chew with their mouth closed, mouth closed <laughs> keep it quiet, face away, just chew in the other direction. It's amazing how loud people can be. Yeah, I've been in places and it's like they've taken their teeth out and it's just the gum, like going, like how do you not hear it? Yeah, literally. <laughs> well, that takes us to the end of this episode of Dishing It. Thank you for being so open and honest about your experience, experiences, I should say and for giving everyone a bit of an insight into a different way of looking at health and fitness. Um, I've taken a lot from it and I'm sure everyone else will. So if you're looking for a reset on your fitness, Bradley's details are in the show notes below. And thanks for joining me, Bradley. Thank you very much for having me. You've been listening to Dishing It, the podcast all about food in Scotland. All the businesses and accounts mentioned in today's episode are detailed in the show notes below so you can add them straight onto your food list. If you've liked today's episode, remember to subscribe, like, review, share the podcast, you know the script. It all helps in spreading the food inspiration far and wide. Join me next time for more food chats and food frolics all across Scotland. Stay safe, eat well and speak soon.